country has. 21.25 is the time, and we move on to our final conversation. Hashtag the African Narrative, Sangori Children's Book Club and the Sangori Facilitators Program. Youth Ambassador at the Institute of Africology, Ms. Wazana Moncho, is on the line to talk to us about exactly that. Let me just quickly read this before we engage in this 20-minute conversation to follow. Founded in 2005, the Institute of Africology is an offshoot of the Kariatis Institute of Africology, which was founded in 2001 under the prestigious leadership of Dr. Drake Goga. It's an educational non-governmental institute committed to reconstruction and practical implementation of African Renaissance initiatives. They have African learning programs dedicated to teaching the youth about history and also encouraging young people to look beyond the textbook when learning about African history. The institute is also a platform for research, studies, information, capacity building and education within a range of subjects related to African history, traditions, spirituality, experiences, customs. The list is endless. Wazana is on the line. Good evening, Wazana. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> greetings, greetings to your listeners and everyone. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Institute of Africology, probably very important at this time when so much of the global agenda is everywhere and commonplace. We still need, as an African people, to forge our own identities within mm-hmm. the African identity. And a lot of that is challenged by the fact that we are living in a global village, that cultures are becoming blended, if you will. I think that word is probably yeah. appropriate. In this blended world we are living in, how can we still maintain our uniqueness as an African people with African stories, histories, traditions, spiritualities, experiences, and things connected therewith? How do we do that? We do it easily here at the Institute of Africology. We're directing it straight to the youth because they will be inheriting and they have to be active participants in the present to make sure that, you know, we constantly have a space, a conduit, um, to be custodians of our African legacy. So it's very important, it's vital as we are globalizing and becoming um, some form of you know, universalized culture and community. Doesn't mean that our own identity and legacy cannot stand strong. And I think this is the exciting part about having the Sankore Children's Book Club, Sankore facilitators growing and emerging within, you know, KwaZulu Natal, that's where we're based. Um, we work with the students who are part of Inkwale Kwatoyana area, and there are six um, high schools that we're trying to activate and integrate the notion of how to be an African person. And we do it really with the seven principles. Um, just last year, coming into the new year, we celebrate the annual celebration of Kwanzaa, the harvesting of the first fruits. So that was literally our year-end program as Institute of Africology. And just to give you an idea, in instilling our identity and being proud of it and making it you know, relevant for the future, it's important to be guided by principles. And I think what our program's target is Moja, meaning unity, Kujicha Kulia, self-determination, Ujima, Ujama, Nia, Kuwumba, Imani. These are seven principles that guide and help, you know, grow the African mind into being more structured of how we can cultivate, uh, you know, a culture of awareness, a culture of helping, a culture of innovation, but still staying true to our African greatness. 
I, I appreciate all of that. The question then becomes, how do we ensure that this then becomes accessible to ordinary South Africans, particularly ordinary South African schools and young people in particular, so that this doesn't just become a tick box exercise in ensuring that we've done our bit now and so we move on, but rather really making sure that this becomes something which is inculcated, forms part of one's identity, and then exported in the many manifestations that it could be exported in or through, so that Africa is not just something which is accessible to Africans, but something that is consumed the world over. I ask this, exactly. I, I, I ask this with this in mind, for instance. I mean, so much of American television and showbiz and popular culture has come to define who South Africans are and Africans are in general because they are, open, close quote, the lodestar, the pedestal upon which we benchmark everybody else against. Food, I mean, mm-hmm. think of French and Europe and, and in Italian food. We think it's exotic to be eating pizza and lasagna and French baguettes and all of that and the sushis of the world. What can we take to the world and build serious markets out of Africa from, be it food, be it through our traditions, cultures, something that can then become something that identifies us as this unique and special people who have given something for the world to consume? I think the emphasis on all of this to be able to be strong participants in the global community where it comes into culture and diversity is just as you said, you know, as much as the popular culture amongst the youth is to really be more westernized, there's such beautiful significance in our own culture. And that is through our music. We know we have a diverse range of music in South Africa. And I think the youth at Africology Center also see the significance of that and are keen, you know, in using music as a medium to communicate our cultural greatness. Another thing is through our arts. It's said over time and time again, you know, these simple things through our music, our arts, our clothing, but we're still not getting it. That's how we need to make sure that we popularize it by supporting black businesses, supporting the local thing. One thing about the Africology Center is that the youth have to identify a, you know, a spaza shop or a gogo that they buy the vegetables or fruit or clothes from so that we can continuously give back to them and we can continuously grow their network so that the community gets stronger. If you in this day and age as a young person don't have three, you know, black businesses that you can comfortably and happily line up and say, I support them, I buy my clothes from them, then what are you doing? You know, you're not adding to the global community and you're not making your um, community, your local um artifacts and shops and business people relevant in the global economy of the global space. So it's really taking the initiative, the self-determination, the Swahili word, kujikakulia, the seven principles that I had mentioned earlier, to walk in those strides so that you make definitive decisions as Africans of how you want to navigate and how you want to be relevant in this world. So those are the key things I think we can do in cultivating and growing and making sure that we stand firm in our cultural identity, but also don't lose sight that the world is moving forward and we have to get on board. And precisely for that reason, I mean, with all the respect I can muster, cultural identity is absolutely important. It's probably the basis of everything else that happens. But the economic question cannot absolutely be ignored precisely because it is the reason why the global West as it is 
has been successful for as long as it has been successful, however success might be defined, at least economic stability, it is because they've got the way in which their capital moves, it benefits them, and as a result they set the capital agenda even on multinational platforms, on multilateral platforms. They set the rules of the game. Could Africa not use, <coughs> for instance, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement and African supply chain for Africa's development, encourage inter and in, intra and inter-African trade so that we can use to the extent possible the circulation of our financial muscle among African institutions, our commodities especially, they are being exported instead of moving across African borders. Of course, implicit in that, you need the necessary infrastructure to move all these goods and commodities. You know, it's, impo- it's important as Africans to really get on board when it comes to economics. And I'm glad that you're bringing it up. And mm-hmm. It is a focus amongst the youth and something we try to instill. Particularly, I want to also say like we have the word Ujima, which stands for Cooperative Economics. That principle (laughs) is only going to work if, like you said, the global West, they have systems in place. And the only reason the system is continuing to perpetuate and be strong and disadvantage certain people is because they have supporters. And who are supporting is their people. So as Africans, we really need to be serious about how we can get into this economic structure is by supporting our own, mm-hmm. first and foremost, before yeah. we try to support others. It's a very simple concept. You don't need to read a whole theory on economics to get this. It's so simple, the things that we need to do as Africans. It's something that our grandmothers do or repeat in our ear every other day, and we choose not to listen. So, like... I feel like as Africans or as people in general, if we really want to go a long way economically, it's really managing self and understanding your relation. At this point in time, Africa has a lot of artifacts, has a lot of you know distribution of materials that has been stolen or have been um, appropriated around the world. There needs to be a serious investigation and a serious um, initiative amongst us to report this so that we get... Um, so that we get back all those things and that we make sure that we are compensated for all of them. You know, have that kind of discipline within our community to say, you know, we do not want to have our stuff, our products just being exported all over without getting the benefits of it. And that only comes with people taking the initiative to support one another, to report when they see things happening bad. That system can be made by just a few people taking the day within their very own settlement to be active, you know, police or um, active activists in their own rights to speak about the economic concerns they deal with on a day-to-day. I think ultimately, sure, I think ultimately what you are saying in a word is Ubuntu. And the question that I really then have is how do we (laughs) unpack Ubuntu in this environment where we have not just social obligations to each other, for each other so that we as individuals and the communities can grow, but economic obligations, political obligations of the kind that say, in me seeing you, it involves and includes, I need to support your business. 
I need you to support my business. We need to build institutions together. Me holding you accountable is not because mm. I do not see you. It is because I see you and I hold you to a higher standard for your sake, for my sake, and for our future's sake. How then do we inculcate the teachings of Ubuntu in everyday life in how we exchange social values economic muscle and hold each other even politically accountable predicated on the basis of Ubuntu. I'm asking this question because Archbishop Desmond Tutu was very big on this and unfortunately mm. he left us and many of his desires have not come through because the political elite has blemished his record yeah. and many of his like. You see, I love that you mentioned um, Archbishop May so rest in peace. He did leave a legacy. He left lessons that we can learn on how to be better people and obviously use Ubuntu. Um, the way we need to use Ubuntu is no more in theory but in practice. And I feel like that is the essence of it. Uh, an example I could give is that we have a thing called Africa Fridays. And at the Institute, Africa Fridays, it promotes the culture of you have the opportunity today to eat something African, buy something African, whether that be clothes or a merchandise or supporting a business, and you have to listen to African music. These are like simple tasks that you can do in your everyday life so that you can continue to hold this, you know, theory of unity and Ubuntu and trying to help people, but actually making it a practice and being conscious of it. I feel like these practices and being conscious of simple tasks every day will help build again that structure of Ubuntu. No more theorizing it or writing books or anything. There's enough content, there are enough people in the grave right now as we speak who have passed on the legacy of this knowledge. It's now time for us to implement it. It's taking a simple everyday task and making it so intentional and so practical that there's no excuse to not have Ubuntu. So that's my solution to that, and that's how I could advise how we can get back onto the system and the practice of Ubuntu. Young men, young women, young people in the country, in the continent, finding ways to ensure that whatever these legacies are to which you make reference to are made into tangible programs of the kind that Institute of Africology is, and so inform the curriculum in education, so inform business practices, and so inform a consolidated policy within Africa and a policy of Africa when engaging with the rest of the world. How can we ensure that young people find this and consolidate all of the work of institutions like that of Africology so that the future can be in a better position to engage Africa and the world than what we are right now? First and foremost, how can you find this with me being on this program to share this knowledge and, you know, have this conversation with yourself? Another thing is that I think there are many institutions, not just my own. I'm not going to take credit because a big thing about Africa is we need to own collaboration. That's how we work. We work, we are strengthened by numbers. We're strengthened by a multitude of people going back to Ubuntu and going back to our principle of Umoja, unity. So when we look at the AU, we really need to use them as a base and urge them and push them to make sure all those policies and those mandates and the reports that they give us every year, that we as citizens are reading, that we as citizens are questioning, that we as citizens are also trying to say, actually, 
I think we can adjust this. We're doing this program, maybe you can add it on. It's this kind of communication that is lacking in our community. There's so much going on and yet not many people know. And it's kind of scary in a day that is so digitalized that there's still a large number of people who don't know. So it's really getting onto these spaces and saying, come to the Institute of Africology, come and volunteer in a pan-African you know, village for a week. Come and see what we're doing and how we are uplifting our people. These are the necessary actions we need to do in order to make these things feel tangible, make mm. them feel relevant, and make them feel real. I don't want to say that you know all these solutions and things are not out there. They are. But the difference that I'm trying to say is that we need to be intentional about it and we need to get on board to implement it. There's no more time for talking and crying, where's this resources? If you really want this something to change and you really want to do the work, you need to go out there and look for it and then come to the party and add on to it. Those are the active changes, changes that will actually make difference in this world. I'm glad you've said that because we do have participants on the line who just want to drop a couple of voice notes. If we shall <laughs> listen to them so that you can respond on the other side of these two voice notes, please. Songez, how are you? I'm Nathan Ike from Bombera. Okay, as Africans, we should have been growing on a high pace. But the problem is jealousy. You understand? There are so many things which we can put, which we can, as Africans, put on global market. But we, are, we can't recognize each other African that they can do something. Let me give you a small example. Like the, it's called Maponya, Maponya I've forgotten the name, those caterpillars. Eh? If you put it on world market, the real Africans, they are the one who can start minimizing that. Ah, no, that one, that one. No, things are not like that. Like a grasshopper. There are some countries which eat grasshoppers. But put it on the world market, the way you can cook it, the way you can bake it, so that you can export worldwide. Africans we can grow, but it's jealousy within us Africans who are destroying ourselves. Have a nice evening, Chief Songers. I'm Nathan Ike from Bombera. Bye. I'm listening to the topic there, and then I hear the presenter say, has touched something that it really is very, very close to my heart because he was saying something about westernized and, and all that. The problem is that they say charity begins at home, if you can listen to most of the people. Because, for instance, when we want to come and uh, come and present at SAFM with our home language, it becomes a, a, a problem. So I'm just saying this thing must start at home and then before we can uh, uh, blame the international influence because we are the ones who are oppressing ourselves. That's, that's, that's my comp contribution for, for, for tonight. I'm just saying take it into consideration. Let's not blame the, inter blame the international uh, world. We must start here at home and be ourselves. Because even now, if I can leave this voice note in, in CPG, <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to, to play it. I'm just saying uh, local as lekker. Vuvuzela in, in, in Polokwane. Yeah, Vuvuzela local as by lekker. In fact, the last time, 
We, from May 25 last year, in fact, we had a whole program that was just built around African languages. I think that's the one program where I spoke the least, simply because so many people took to it. The fact that many people celebrated speaking, in your case, Sepedi, on SAFM platform, something that was very much embraced and celebrated. We do have that once a month, and I think we've dropped the ball a bit. I don't know which language is next, but Lesejo, you and I probably have to get our act together on that. Certainly, um, final comment from you then, Wazana, because you've heard what the two gentlemen have had to say, and I think the first point is a very important one. Sometimes Africans are the first to diminish or to belittle their own product, which does very little, if anything, in advancing the stature of that commodity to those who can't identify with it, who would otherwise want to, if only we believed in ourselves more. You know, it was so beautiful to hear him say Makani Worms and how, you know, the different countries and discrediting it. They actually really delicious, if I must say myself. How I see us putting ourselves relevant and using our indigenous things to elevate and be put into the global market is very important. It's called innovation. And one example I could give is there's a shop here called Tapi Tapi in the Western Cape in Cape Town, and it's an ice cream store. And this guy is brilliant. You know, he uses all these ingredients from, you know, um, you can use the buhu tea and the, he used mapani worms and incorporated into his ice cream and created indigenous ice cream, all flavors African, all indigenous, you know, ingredients and everything. That's the innovation to change the way we see and, you know, appreciate our cultural diversity and what's different about it. Then the global market, if that's who we are appealing to, will also join in because it's an innovative way of getting the message of how great our food or how great our culture is. And just another comment on you know, making sure that as Africans, we're not afraid to present our things in a different way. They don't always have to be as they were 10 years ago. It's called, you know, growing and being and setting a trend and making it different and tapping into relevance. So it's very important as Africans, we think about that and not to feel ashamed about our differences amongst the world, but to be innovative in how we can share the differences. Well, I'm glad you're still on the line to hear this, and this is the point I'm going to close this conversation on as well as the show. Greetings. You have had three exceptional guests in the last hour. These are the kinds of people who will place Africa as leaders on the global map. And, of course, those three exceptional guests include Ozana Moncho, who is a youth ambassador at the Institute of Africology, Tuso Sekobulo, who is a great friend of mine and a business leader particularly associated with technology, as was his guest, Mr. Rapelang Rabana, who has left, but of course is attached to Rekindle Learning and FFW Innovation together with Nordskin Impact Accelerator. But for your time and everything else and the inspiration that you offer through your voice, thank you so much, Rosanna. Much appreciated. Yes, thanks. Thank you for having me. 2148. That's the show, folks. We have a date next week, Monday. I really miss my Wednesdays and Thursdays.